You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm loaded with a cold, so I'll be the one sitting listening mostly tonight to the, the discussions by John and Andy. Hi guys. Evening. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I've been better. <laughs> Aye. See that, you just said you've got a cold because you don't watch any football. Just be truthful. Aye, <laughs> uh, well, there is that. So I did watch sports scene, it's fine. I know, I've seen I've seen all the important action, all 30 seconds of it per game, it's fine. <laughs> sports scene and a packet full of lemsips, you can't go wrong. Well, I'm sitting here with a box of hankies, but it's not that kind of podcast. Oh, a box of hankies. <laughs> There we go, there's it started already. <laughs> Alright, well, it's just going to be one of these uh, usual podcasts because we've got a weekend to cover, plenty of action. Uh, we've also got midweek fixtures coming up in both uh, Europe for Celtic and the League Cup for most of the rest of the Scottish teams. Uh, and uh, we'll discuss the, the charity bit, which is where we'll probably start because uh, after last week's double win, this week we have won absolutely nothing and it's all Dunfermline's fault. Because they lost 2-1 to Peterhead. Peterhead uh, opened the scoring thanks to Ronnie McAllister. Uh, and uh, that meant we didn't win the first goal scorer bet, which we had on uh, L back 2 again. And we didn't win the, the treble, even though Hearts and Falkirk did win. So, uh, no luck this week, and hopefully we'll uh, do a bit better next week when we'll discuss that probably towards the end of the podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, Ronnie Six goals in two games. Oh, That's right, aye, some for, week for him. Fun enough, having screwed up charity bet, I was already thinking he might be a good bet this week, depending on what the, the, the fixtures are. But I can't remember who Peter Head have got this week. Away to Airdrie, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yes, Airdrie. yes, that's they it. are, yeah. It's probably not a bad shout, Rory McAllister. Yep, yeah. he's, he's certainly got the got the confidence. Uh, five goals against Falkirk and then the opener against Dunfermline. Great week for Peter Head, great week for, for Rory, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely a, a good shout. Uh, if I'm going to plug another team that's from my, my patch as well, I would maybe go for Craig Gunn of Elgin City. He's scored six goals in his first six games this season. Uh, they're in my bad book, so I'm oh, all, my, right. my, my own personal bet it was Elgin that stuffed it. Because <laughs> I had to beat East Fife yeah. and uh, obviously they lost. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're right, they started pretty well. I mean, they... they uh, Progressed in the, the cup midweek as well, didn't they? Which is probably why you fancied them so much to beat East Fife, but uh, yeah. by all accounts, they were just running on empty, you know, after going to uh, extra time in, in that match against Aloha. Um, I think the, the players were, were just a bit tired by the time that, that East Fife game came around, but they've got Sterling Albion at home. Um, this Saturday, they've already beaten them in the, the Petrofac Cup this season, so um, we'll fancy them to, to do the business there again. They've, they've built a really good team. So if we go for gun, does that mean we're hoping for a gunshot? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't resist. It's his Twitter name as well. Is it? Shotgun. Oh, good. <laughs> nice one, <done>. Yes. <laughs> Aye, so uh, even more reason. <laughs> you know, they're my two, well, guys from the North Patch that I could vouch for. Open well, to any other suggestions? Though? I, don't, I don't have any better ideas, so I'm, I'm all, all inclined to go with what you're saying. Because you've got a bit more uh, knowledge than I do, <laughs> certainly. I, I, I'm just thinking, there is one game this week I've seen. I actually got to go to the Celtic Malmo game. Oh, 
Yeah, it was the first start with that because that was that was Wednesday night, and um, aye, we got off the cracking start. Two goals early on. We maybe should have had a third, but uh, Stephanie Hansen had the keeper with early on. So I was thinking two 0 should be three 0 coasting in this game. We could finish this tie tonight, but of course it's Celtic, so we never get anywhere near finishing the tie tonight. Uh, we ended up conceding a goal thanks to uh, a bit of weird possession loss. Uh, was it, like, three or four mistakes in the build up to it, and then of course, as always happens in football, Joe Ingerberget, the guy who used to play for Celtic, he's the guy to get a goal. So I thought, okay, we've, we've conceded a goal, we could really do it with. We're getting another one or two ourselves now, so and Lee Griffiths managed to provide that with a, a good attacking header. Uh, he that dirty pig. Can I go to another dirty pig? We'll come back to that in a second. <laughs> yeah. But um, aye, 3-1, I was thinking this is this could be pretty good. I've seen us progress with a 3-1 win at Celtic before. But then, of course, we uh, in the 95th minute, very poor uh, goal to concede. We don't usually concede for set pieces, but... Uh, uh, it was a simple corner knocked and fired into the roof of the net. So 3-2 keeps it on a knife edge. Malmo will be fancy their chances. Only needing to get, well basically any win does Malmo. Uh, whereas we need to make sure we don't lose. So it's, it's, it's very tight. Nicely poised oh, for the neutral. That's it. It's nicely poised for the neutral and it's going to be my nerves shredded by the end of tomorrow night. I think. So, uh, Absolutely. I don't think yeah. much more to say about that. You've been doing a nice early goal there. Yeah, if Celtic can get a goal, that'd be really good. But, uh, I think it's going to be an every night, to be honest. I mean, I was you hope Boyatis. That's it, oh, we need to hope everybody's on form. Boyatis was a bit slack in that first game from the highlights that I've seen anyway. Kind of misplaced a few passes. It wasn't as bad as he'd been in a couple of previous games, but uh, it wasn't great. Yeah. For me, it was as a Gary, was the way he faded badly. In the last 15 minutes, he was just absolutely useless. Uh, and I think the injuries we were picking up was a game that didn't help either because um, Armstrong had to go off and he'd been doing pretty well. Wustig went off as well. He went, he's what fifty fifty for tomorrow's game apparently. But According to Collins, yeah, he looked a lot worse when he went off because he was his hands and his hands when he was getting stretched off, and we thought that was going to be him for weeks, maybe months again. He just had that injury prone, but yeah, uh, Those are bugs back for that's the other problem we've got, yeah. Rosenberg, he's their, their, their captain, their top scorer. He got uh, he scored three in the Champions League group stages last year. He scored one in qualifying this year. So uh, I don't, they'll fancy getting the bottom of and putting us to the sword. And there's that other stat where Malmo haven't conceded a goal in qualifying at home since Nikita Jelovic in 2011. So it would be really nice if Lee Griffiths could bust that one. I have a feeling that they looked a wee bit suspect at the back. Um yeah, like they conceded some. Like the the first goal especially, they were just I couldn't believe how much space Lee Griffiths had, uh, and even yep. even even the chance that Stephen Johansson had that he had the keeper with, he had a lot of space as well. So in those yep. first twenty minutes, Malmo were all over the place. Yeah, I don't expect him to be like that again tomorrow, but it's going to be a case of if Celtic can pounce on any mistakes that Malmo make, then we'll stand a good chance. And I think that ultimately that's what that game came down to Wednesday night. It was Mal- Malmo didn't get started and we scored twice. We then gifted them possession and they pulled one back. Lee Griffiths then pounced in a bit of hesitancy with the, the defence to make it 3-1 and it was just slack defending at the 95th minute corner. So it was, it was, all, it was all mistakes that were pounced on. It's, 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 it's kind of a thing that happens at this level. Yeah, if you make any mistake, the teams will be pouncing on it. And certainly if yeah. you get any kind of 
ambitious to do it and should we get to the Champions League we're going to need to make sure we cut them out and, 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 and punish any mistakes that uh, the opposition make so well, this is probably the best practice yeah I know that's, that's it because I, I suppose the main concern going into tomorrow night's game would be the fact that you know Malmo did manage to get two goals from relatively little attacking yeah. territory over the over the ninety minutes anyway. Um you know they they managed to, to take their chances when they when they got them and that's put them in a decent position tomorrow but I would still have Celtic down as being favourites. Yeah, I, I think uh Ronadel was tonight saying he thinks it's Celtic sixty forty. Which is probably right. I mean I, I think Malmo having home advantage and getting their captain back is going to be a, a couple of big pluses for them, but ultimately Celtic do still have a narrow lead in the tie. So they've yeah. got something to defend, and it's tight enough that we can't really afford to be complacent. So maybe three one, there was room, there was room for manoeuvre. Whereas three two, there's nothing. So no, maybe keep, no, maybe keep it sharp. And, and it was also good at the weekend. Probably natural progression into this that Celtic were able to change the team so much from Wednesday night because it was only yes. Izagiri and Griffiths started from the, the the team that played against Malmo. So that was nine changes against Dundee United. And they still managed to get the, the, the three points. Yeah, I must admit, when I saw that team selection, flashbacks to pretty much exactly a year ago when Dyson did the exact same at uh, Inverness. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that backfired on both counts because uh, you know, lost the lost the Premiership game at Inverness and then it got knocked out by, by Maribor the, yeah. the following week. So um, yeah, perhaps it's just a sign of his confidence in the in the players now, and, and likewise vice versa. You know the players, uh, you know faith and belief in, in the manager that you know twelve months on he can now do that and um, you know come away with, I guess the the desired outcome on both counts. We'll yeah. See, remains to be seen what happens tomorrow, of course. But um, yeah, well, certainly the, the, the first part in the league was certainly done well. Um, I thought well, yeah. there was a, I've only seen the highlights unfortunately. I've never seen the full game, but I thought um, in the highlights Stokes looked pretty bright. He looked like he was trying to take his, his, his chance. He's not really had much under uh, Dial recently, so he looked as yeah. if he was bright. Uh, but Commons was in and about things as well. He seems to be in and out of the manager's favour as well. So I mean, there, was a f- there was a few of the squad players looked as if they were at least vying for a, a place. Yeah. And that's good because it's not going to be the 11 that start against Malmo. It's going to be the 14 that probably get involved in the game at some point that they're going to be crucial yes. so you're well, looking at the likes of Stokes maybe and looking at the likes of Commons Commons especially he's the kind of guy that can get you the, the goals out of nothing uh, in, yeah. in Europe so uh, it's, it's good to see a few of them Absolutely no, I only saw the first half of the, the Dundee United game um, before nipping out to Inverness against Hamilton but um, it was one way traffic for the, for the duration of the first half anyway um, and obviously United got their got their penalty just in the stroke of half time, but um, I mean other than that, it was you know there was United really weren't weren't in the game at all. Uh, yeah, there was a moment of madness. There was a moment of madness the first half with uh, their keeper Bailey. Aye, aye, that's not how you pronounce his name. I forgot. Like, I seen uh, Derek Ray tweeting about it a couple of days ago, and I forget exactly what he said it was to pronounce it, but it's not Bailey. <laughs> So uh, I must look that off at some point and see that what it is. But aye, uh, it was a moment of madness. And I know they were screaming for a penalty, but I'm not sure there was actually any contact. Aye. I think it was more... He was pressured into falling down, which isn't quite the same thing. Absolutely. There, there was, of course, the one that they did get on the... the yeah, oh, it was a stone wall. put away, but... Um, I think other than those two forays into the into the Celtic box, you know, there was very little from Dundee United. They were 
they were just, uh, you know, the game passed them by for that yeah. first half. Having said that, they were, they were possibly lucky. I mean, the first goal, they just get Griffiths outpaced uh, to get away from uh, it. And then, what like, the second goal is an unfortunate bit of moment for uh, Durham himself. Uh, and uh, even the third goal was, was a bit of a it was a bit of a wicked deflection for McGregor's goal. So it's, for all it was three one to Celtic and probably Celtic deserved to get the three points. So two of those three goals, there was a good element of luck for it. Aye. So that's Celtic done, right? You can talk now because I don't know anything about what when. Uh, well, I mean, Andy, you know the kind of differing fortunes of the Highland teams. Couldn't be any. <laughs> more of a, a gulf really just now in terms of uh, fortunes just now there's uh, so much to shout about for, for Ross County just now um, I, I dare say you know most of the, the coverage since the, the game on Saturday has been about how poor Killy have been and you know just how much disappointment there is uh, disappointment's actually putting it lightly how much anger there is being directed at Gary Locke and uh, you know a lot of players <sighs> there did um, you see the video? Yes. Of the <laughs> I've only seen about a minute of it. I'm told it gets even <laughs> oh, better as you get to about four or five you minutes. Watch it all. Yeah. You need to watch it all. Supposedly that's not the first video he's done though. Maybe need to get him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might need to sense that a bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Explicit um, but, <laughs> but I mean, having seen the highlights, it obviously wasn't the game that I was at at the weekend, but... Um, I mean, County in the first half could have been eight goals up. It was it was really very one sided and yeah. The, um, the impression I yeah. got from it was Jamie McDonald kept coming on uh, a sensible scoreline. I mean, that said a lot. I got gubbed for no one. It was a four and like thirty four minutes or something. With four goals, thirty four minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Um. So yeah, County are playing with a lot of confidence just now. They finished last season brilliantly with ten wins from their last fourteen. So. You know, despite the fact there has been a lot of change, they seem to have carried that form into the new season. You know, the, the two games that they've they've lost, they were, you know, they were a wee bit unlucky. And um, despite going two 0 down at Parkhead, you know, they, they finished quite strongly on the opening day. Mm-hmm. Came into the game in the second half, um, and they lost two early goals against Hearts, despite starting the game reasonably well. Um, Hearts, you know, just saw the game out brilliantly. Um, on that occasion, but um, yeah, they're definitely a much improved from this time last season. It took them eight games to register their first points of the season last year, so big strides have been made up up in Wallway. Quite interesting um, as well that Jackson Oven, obviously he was at Kilmarnock and Lone a few, was it two seasons ago? Yeah. And yeah. he wasn't considered good enough, and then I heard he ran the show. He bossed the game on Saturday, apparently, but yeah. Um, it's been a great week for him, He's he's been called up to the Australia squad. Um, so that, huh? He's been capped once before, I but um, he'll be looking to cement a, a regular place in there. He's in there along with Rogic, who's been getting a, a sniff really? at Celtic this season. I didn't know Rogic had been and, called up uh, well. Uh, he's, he's in, and uh, Ryan McGowan at Dundee United as well. They're the, the three from Scotland, so uh, I'm sure Jim McIntyre will be pleased for him, but it's a hell of a lot of travelling for him to be doing <laughs> at this stage yep. of the season. I think the games are in. One of them's a home game in Australia and the other one's in uh, Tajikistan, so... Ah, uh, <laughs> no, it's just trying to yeah. cover that's right. Collect the MLs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but the, the strike force, I mean, Craig Curran, Liam Boyce are both scoring at this early stage. Um, Andrew Davis and Chris Robertson appear to have uh, built up a really strong defensive partnership, so 
everything's everything's looking rosy really with with County. Right, um, and then Defita can't get a game, and he was one of the kind of stars towards the end of last season, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean to be fair, that was the first game of the season. Um, no, sorry, the second game. He started on the bench at Parkhead, but uh, came back into the team. Kilmarnock was the first team since Parkhead that he was on the bench. So, uh, yeah, no, he he made a brilliant impression last season. But it's just a sign of the depth they've got now because Jonathan Franks came in, having never played for them before, and scored within four minutes. So, um, you know, he's now put himself in in a great position to to keep his place in the team. It's quite interesting as well. What else can they've got? Uh, my right in saying they've got a whole new back well goalkeeper and obviously centre back pairing where yeah. they last season and they're, they're doing well whereas if you look at Dundee United they've got a whole new back three yeah. in terms of goalkeeper and centre back and they're struggling so they've obviously settled in and made a kind of good partnership already an understanding between the players as well yeah that's, that's really important I think what stands out really is that uh, you know the two defenders that he signed and Robertson and Davis they're both you know, pretty dominating figures. Um, you know, the, although Robert Robertson wasn't captain at uh, Port Vale where he last played, you know, he's 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 quite a you know an imposing figure. He's he's definitely a you know leadership material. Davis, on the other hand, was captain at Bradford City last season. Um, it was a real coup for County to be able to sign him because Bradford did want to keep him. Um, so their fans weren't too happy when when he made the move north, but. Um, yeah, they've they've really built a, a formidable backline there. Um, I suppose, I mean, what was concerning me about them before the game against Kilmarnock on Saturday is, you know, that's the kind of game that they're now expected to win. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with maybe that expectation that's not perhaps been there before with, with County when they came up against Kilmarnock, Partick uh, and, the, and the likes. So, moving on to Inverness then. <laughs> yeah, it's been a not so good start for them. They're uh, still looking for their first win after seven competitive outings. Um, the pro- main problem is there's not looking like there's goals in the team. They've only scored three so far this season. Um, signed a, a new striker, Danny Lopez, who has scored scored a very good goal at Parkhead the previous week, but um, he missed three glaring chances. Before Carlton Morris put Hamilton a goal up on on Saturday, so um, you know his kind of instincts in the, in the box are still, you know, there to you know, the jury's still very much out on on him. Um, but it's just to be fair, they've been very unlucky in, in some ways too. They've still got seven players out injured. Um, none of them were back for for Saturday's game against Hamilton. So um, once. You know those guys come back. They're still a very good team there, but um, I guess the the loss of key players allied with injuries is really you know something they're taking a while to to adapt to. Do you know um, what's happened with Darren Murray, the striker he had in trial? Yeah, um, I mean the the likelihood is Inverness will have to pay a fee to get him over, and that's not something they're really going to be prepared to do. Um, I mean, it's been quoted as being roughly £25,000, but, um, you know, Hughes has already made six signings. Um, the board gave him a wee bit of wriggle room to bring in Ian Vigers, who has obviously played for the club before and a very talented player. Um, but there is a, a real pressing need for another 
attacking outlet. There's no doubt about that because there's just nobody at the minute on the bench who you can really turn to as a game changer. Um, Have you seen much? Of the... Sorry, no, it's okay. No, uh, a lot of young, a lot of young guys on the bench on, on Saturday, and you know they need time when the team's doing well. You know they need to be blooded in when the team's doing well in order to to come in and, and make a you know a good impression. I suppose I might depend on whether, obviously, you mentioned bef- before uh, we mentioned last week about Ryan Christie, whether he might go or not. Yeah, um, I mean, Hughes has again said that if he does, you know, get a big offer in for for Christie before the window, that uh, you know he'd look to try and get him back on loan for the season. Um, yeah, there, there there could well be something afoot there because I mean, Swansea have mentioned uh, several times. Uh, you know, he's a a player that they can't really afford to, to lose. Um, I guess he's he's become one of their, their their key players in a very short space of time, given you know just the number of players that have left. He, uh, this time last year, he was just a young player being you know eased into the side gradually, but um, played a lot more games last season than was expected at uh, at the beginning of it. And um, you know he's he's certainly one that they they would. You know, couldn't afford to to lose from the, the team. Certainly, with the way the the injury situation is now, I guess Draper was having to play centre back, wasn't it, the weekend? Yeah, he's been there for for a number of games now. Um, that's in the absence of Gary Warren and Josh Beekings. So Draper and Danny Devine, it's a it's a makeshift partnership that at the back. Um, so, Inverness fans worried then about the start of the season, or think it will be all right, come good. There's a mixture. Uh, a lot of fans that I have spoken to, you know, realise that you know there is still a good team there. Um, others genuinely are worried that there could be, you know, a relegation scrap ahead. Um, I personally think they'll be okay. I mean, I, I just think with the number of players that they've got still to come back from injury. I mean, yes, it will take them time to regain their fitness, but um, there is a there is a, there is a good team there. I think top six is going to be very very difficult to go and achieve this season. I think Ross County are well on their way to to becoming top dogs in the, the north. I think <laughs> uh, they'll. I think Ross County have only finished above Inverness twice since the two sides began in the, in 1994 in the in the football league. So uh, I think we'll. I think we'll see that happen for the first time in the in the Premiership um, this season. But yeah, I would, I would predict that kind of ninth, eighth or ninth for for Cali Thistle this season. I think yeah. probably just clear of relegation worry, but um, just a wee bit short of what's required to finish in the top six. But yeah, I mean they're sitting second bottom now, and the same number of points as Kilmarnock. But I think. If you look at how Inverness have played in recent matches, and look at how Kamarnock have played, Kamarnock look an absolute mess. Whereas Inverness just look as if they're, they're, they're missing some key players, and it's not quite working for them. I think there's, there's, yeah, there's think a that, difference between the two. Well, I, I think that doesn't help with a striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the main worry. It's, it's uh, you know looking at the, the front line and looking at the the team as an attacking unit. It doesn't really seem to have clicked at all, um, and that's. I guess something that you know John Hughes will have to to find a solution to. Time's running out to do it in the transfer window, um, but he, he remains very keen to to get a striker in before close of play. So um, 
whether that's a panic buy or uh, you know one that he pulls out of the out of the bag like he did with Edward Ophiri last season. He came in and did a really good job. Um, or it might be that Lopez, Danny Lopez, finds his finds his shooting boots. Um, it's taken it's taken him a while to to adapt physically in a way. I mean, he's he's, he's very tall and strong, but um, in terms of his fitness, he's been off the pace for a few games. But he, the main thing was on Saturday, he, he was getting into these positions. It's something that he wasn't doing beforehand. So, um, does he speak much English at all? Or? Not a great deal. No. He's played in England before. He played down at Stevenage uh, for a couple of seasons, a couple of loan spells out at Barnet as well, I think. Um, but he, he came through the youth ranks at Atletico Madrid. Um, you know, never made it through to first team level, obviously. But um, yeah, most of the football he's played has been in his uh, in his homeland. But um, they've signed another attacking kind of flair player, uh, Andrea. Mbuyi Matombo, who's a Congolese international, and he looks like a, you know, a crowd-pleasing player. Um, he's, he's more of a more of a wide outlet, but you know, very skillful. Um, it, it's the end product that perhaps was one, you know, left one thing a wee bit on, on Saturday. Some of his crossing was poor, but uh, yeah, it, it's just trying to look for signs of encouragement, and it's not really clicking just now. So. Um, you know, it's it's a very fundamental concern. You know, lack of goals in the team. Some three and seven games, and um, it's something that you know very much has to be addressed sooner rather than later. Otherwise, you know, it could well be relegation uh, kind of concerns this season. I think another team that's down there is probably Partick Thistle at the moment. They seem to be struggling a bit. Yeah. And, uh, to be fair, they did play Hearts at the weekend there. And, uh, Hearts are flying high with a 100% record. And they'll yeah. win when you least expect it. Party this will always do that. Yeah, I know. I don't like betting anywhere near Party this whole games. So last year, like they basically win or the winner don't really always. No, no. They, as good as a season Inverness had last season, um, Partick this will beat them in all three league encounters. So, <laughs> uh, including a 4 0 up here in, in Inverness. That was a remarkable game. Yeah. You know, just at the at the height of Inverness's good form, really. Um, so just a just a bogey team, perhaps. I've I've only seen them the once this season. They were up here a couple of couple of weeks ago um, in a midweek match. They drew nil nil in Verness, and um, there was very little between the two teams. I think that that perhaps could be, uh, you know, a, a, a battle between two sides at that end of the table this season. Uh, I think they'll be quite closely fought encounters between Inverness and. and Motherwell down there as well, though they don't they don't like they're going to struggle again after their opening day win. Yeah. That's the most poor in the mountains in the league. They keep taking yeah, the lead there's a few teams struggling for goals. Yeah, yeah I, they, they threw it away on Saturday. Yeah, they um, I think they they could be could be down there too. They they didn't have to do that day in the opening day. We're up against an Inverness team who uh, had zero shots on target that day. So, um, yeah, it was a probably the easiest points any team will pick up all season but uh, yeah I haven't really seen much of them since but yeah they've, they've made a few additions um, they've got the core of the team that still you know they kept them up last season by the skin of their teeth um, but I don't don't see them challenging for top six 
No, no, I don't think so. Other, um, the other end of that is uh, St Johnson got the first one of the season, which was unusual because we we're kind of expecting St Johnson to be up there again because they seem to be a pretty consistent the top six team making Europe the last four seasons and then I don't know if they're just having one of their slow starts again or their defence has had a, had a, bit, a kind of fair bit of change yeah this season yes. I think that's helped because St Johnson that's something that I would say they've always prided themselves on for probably yeah. that past maybe even four seasons or so the strong well, defence right. but Fraser Wright I noticed he's been released today or left by he left today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he McCa- left today. Dave McKay has just come back but he's been playing they're trying to play him at centre back instead of full back because yeah. Shaughnessy's come in uh, Brad, Brad McKay as Brad well Brad McKay hasn't started off to the, well no he didn't get off to the best of starts no, no certainly a, an error ridden display against Hearts at Tynecastle but I um, think St George will probably be alright in terms of they've got a few players that can score goals a player that I really like in, in the St Johnson team is uh, Michael O'Halloran I think he's one of the one of the best wingers in the league yeah. just really really direct and very you know just shows most fullbacks a a clean pair of heels, um, you know, good goal-scoring danger as well. Um, you know, he, he's a real source of a lot of St. Johnson's uh, attacking threat. So, um, Cousins yeah, has got off to a good start as well. Yes, I, I think St. Johnson will be absolutely fine. As as Chris mentioned, they, you know, they do have a history of starting off somewhat slowly. Whether that's down to the down to the European campaigns that they're always involved in. Um, you know that's always meant they've come back a wee bit earlier. Um, perhaps you know maybe you should argue that would be a positive, given that it gives you more time to prepare. But um, yeah, no, I think St Johnston will be absolutely fine. I think they might just sneak into the, the top six once again. I know, beat Celtic in the weekend as well. That's <laughs> St Johnston usually got a win against Celtic. So, right. well, I, did, I think they did win the last time they were at Celtic Park. So. They did, aye. aye. Danny Swanson with a wonder goal. Absolute peachy. I goal. think they're still trying to bring him back. I suppose they don't do it with time for Saturday. <laughs> I think the only game we haven't um, talked about the weekend is, uh, is Aberdeen's win over Dundee. And a clean sheet. <coughs> In a game that folk thought would be a bit tricky for us, but Dundee had a few injury issues. Uh, not having Thompson or probably the other option it would be Nicky Lowe that came in but he was injured as well so I think they, they set up a bit different as well playing three five two, which I don't think they've played before no so they, they had Gary Harkins in the centre of midfield and um, you know when you consider the, the pace in Aberdeen's midfield um, you know that's certainly not Gary Harkins game yeah, you know, tracking that, you know, he's he's definitely he belongs in a a more creative outlet. So um, I know it's in the yeah. Dundee derby. He ended up playing defensive midfield when Thompson went off. It's just thinking that's a waste of his talents. Aye, and he ended up at centre back on Saturday once McPay got pushed forward. Yes, so, and we saw what happened with the penalty. Yeah, Aye. yeah, no, I, 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 this is one of my bugbears with sports this week that they had one camera angle for that penalty incident and it looked to me like there wasn't much of contact at all and I can't for the life of me tell whether it was a goal scoring opportunity or not because it's just the camera angle's rubbish you need to watch right. you need to get like Sky need to do it with a tactical cam uh, I, about that. I watched it for the first time I checked it out for the first time tonight it's quite good you can see a lot more of the pitch um, so I was good it was almost like it was almost like being at a game and been in the stand and been out the whole pitch as opposed to watching TV but 
So, yeah. oh, cool. It'll save a lot of uh, scouts travelling expenses. Aye, just better stick on sky. Aye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, really. I mean, it, it's it's why going to a game is considered, you know, invaluable compared to, you know, watching one on the, on the telly because you can see everything. Um, your TV, uh, well, you know, the main TV camera angles normally just track the track the balls moved. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it, you can you can pick out just about anything with with that camera by all accounts. So, I um, yeah, that'll be a good good addition. I'm, I'm sure. A good few years ago, I was at a Tom Boyd's testimonial. It was in Man United one time, and it was the first time I'd seen David Beckham in the flesh. And this was a testimonial, and this guy covered every single blade of grass that night. Couldn't believe the guy's work, right? And that, like, before then, I was thinking, "Ah, David Beckham, I, right, he's a, he's a flavour of the month down south." It's only when I actually seen him in person, I thought, "That's what everybody else has seen." And you just don't get that in the telly. You don't see the work he does away from the ball. Ah, yeah. that's that's what that's the best thing about going to games is seeing the work off the ball. Yeah, when it comes to the English teams as well, you don't realise the all the the speed and the the size of the guys as well. Um, just it's physically out of this world really compared to what we were used to one thing we probably should mention about Aberdeen is the fact we've got obviously our defence has changed a wee bit because of Reynolds injury but we're still not conceded many goals only one goal yeah. conceded in the league so far yeah. and we've got options as well but obviously Quinn who's been in and out of the team yeah that's that's right we've tried a, a few different things out in Aberdeen so um, yeah no I think uh, I mean, it's tended to be Taylor alongside Considine, but um, but Quinn's shown himself to be more than capable any time he comes in. Um, he certainly won't be won't be phased by playing in in this Aberdeen team. He's he's very experienced and uh, made a huge difference to Ross County's backline last season. He was a big plus for them. Um, but uh, yeah, no, there there is good flexibility, and you know Reynolds will have a, a tough ask on on his hands to to regain his place. Um, I guess. I- won't be won't be too far away before before he comes back. Um, I mean, we're international break coming up, so it might be moving after international break. He might be back, maybe. Yeah, I would think mid mid to late September. Yeah, it was twelve weeks, I think, at the time of the injury. But that was you got to remember that was our first European tie. So um, it was just that was a, uh, a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we're reaching the end of August. Now, so. I know, I know. Mid season crisis. <laughs> They play nearly two months already. It doesn't feel like it, does it? Not in the slightest. <laughs> I think that's us for the Premiership. Uh, we should probably talk about the the, the war leagues because there was a couple of decent games. And uh, John, I believe you were at the the Renfrewshire Derby. I was. Yeah, I mentioned week. last week that I was maybe going to go, and yeah, ended up going. Uh, it was obviously on Alba, so I don't know whether you either of you seen much of it at all. I seen uh, it. I seen the goal that someone had chalked off or nothing. Well, I say nothing. It was probably for the the defender, the attacker going into the goalkeeper, a challenge for the ball. It looked very, very soft to me. I've seen mixed kind of views, like the whole arm, the arm being up or whatever. But I think even Jim Duffy said that if the goal had been given, he wouldn't have been making complaining yeah. much about it. Uh, if they had scored, however, that was about the only real decent chance at St Mirren had. They were. For a team that was in the Premier League last year, okay, sorry, Premiership, they obviously struggled last year, but you would think with some of the players they've got in that team, they should be uh, 
more than capable of going to a capital who just Morton who just always been promoted um, and shown their well so called ability they were pretty poor um, Thompson and Goodwit Thompson looked a bit can I don't know where Thompson's maybe got the legs now he was very very isolated um, Jim Goodwin came back in the side that was interesting. I saw what he got a free kick for now. He was up to, <laughs> his, up to, up to his usual tricks. Um, right. To be fair, in a way, in a derby, it was quite as a neutral going as a neutral. It was quite interesting seeing the some of the the, the crowd reaction to Goodwin, and there was a the familiar face and seeing Jamie Langfield, who yeah. Morton fans seem to have forgotten that he doesn't play for Aberdeen anymore because they were saying that he liked to do certain things with sheep. So uh, that was interesting. <laughs> but, uh, Jamie Langfield. I should say, Jimmy Linefield was terrific. Um, man of the match by far. Um, usual in terms of short-stopping. Short-stopping was tremendous. However, there were times where uh, Simpson were, put, sorry, Martin were putting balls in the box. There was no one near uh, Linefield and he was doing his usual, punching, spilling. But no, he was, he was really good in, uh, on Friday, I should say. I enjoyed the game. Uh, might have been 0-0, but Martin uh, had some terrific chances. And pro- if, if they'd won three or four now, I don't think that would have been uh, a, a harsh result. Um, as I say, St. Mirren were, were really poor. The, the sending off was probably questionable. Uh, probably just two players committed going for the ball. But saying that, Goodwin could have maybe been, been sent off for some of his antics. Goodwin's uh, surely just made for a, a heated, fiery Derby fixture. Oh, that's like brilliant, that. yeah. And I, I think he's been well in a way to, the modern fans are probably loving it as well. You want someone to hate, especially your, your rivals, you want that hate figure. It adds a bit of spice to the occasion as well. Um, saying that though, in terms of his kind of hard play, he, he had a couple of great efforts in goal. Um, was unlucky not to score actually. So uh, At that level, I think he's probably quite a good player, but um, St Mirren looked like certainly a team that's very much uh, going through a period of change. A uh, few youngsters in the team. Um, kind of boy Baird at the back he looks quite good and who else uh, oh Marlon was off on the bench which I was quite surprised at after obviously he came in last year and probably was one of the more impressive players at the second half of last season so Paul I, McMullen's one that started the season really well yeah uh, from, from Celtic from Celtic yeah, yeah. Uh, was he playing yeah he was playing um, but didn't really see much of the ball St Minham yeah. were I mean, going forward, there was not really much threat at all. Uh, the boy looked quite good in the first half, certainly. For Morton was Denny Johnson, who used to be at Celtic. Yep. He's on loan from Birmingham. Um, he looked pretty good in the first half, kind of decent enough touch, but second half faded a bit. But he looks like a decent enough player. Maybe, possibly kind of a bit of weight. Uh, but yeah, he looked good. Uh, and I thought Morton looked pretty good. It was good as well. Morton were playing 4-4-2, which was good to see. Uh, whereas St Mirren went for the, the in-fashion 4-2-3-1. So uh, it, was, it was good seeing a 4-4-2 with two, two wingers. And a uh, decent game. Good. Uh, but the fans, uh, I should mention as well, I don't know whether you've seen any of the fans in the crowd, when uh, Thompson's goal was disallowed, there were some St Mirren fans still celebrating a minute later. So that was entertaining when they realised that obviously it wasn't a goal. Uh, and there was a bit of banter between the fans whereby there was a lot of St Mirren fans wearing uh, surgical masks 
<laughs> so I asked, my, I asked my friend why that was, and it was, I suppose, like, goes back a, a while whereby it was like basically something fans implying that maybe Green smells a bit. Right. But then I seen some, I seen some Morton, some of the young Morton fans, and they were wearing surgical masks as well. So, but I all in all, pretty decent leaps, £17 to get in, which that's uh, not bad for a championship, I suppose. I and crowd wise, it was just like five. 5,300 odd? 5,000 or so, aye. Yeah. It's enough crowd when you consider that it was on Alba. Um, yeah. However, if it hadn't been on Alba, I dare say it would have got an even, an even bigger crowd. Possibly, especially on Friday night. Yeah, but I. It was the only game on Friday night, so. I was very surprised at how bad St. Miriam were. Well, they, are, they are still a bit in transition, right enough. When Ian uh, Murray's come in, he's trying to put his own stamp on the team. And, might get better as time progresses, but uh, I've seen the highlights on the telly so far, they've not been too great. Oh, they, they need a striker, definitely. I don't know whether there's been obviously talk about Shanklin going on loan from Aberdeen, whether that'll happen. I think that's meant to be happening pretty imminently um, from what I hear, um, possibly tomorrow, maybe maybe later in the week. Um, yeah, I think that one's, that, that one's very much on the card still. Um, I was thinking Inverness could maybe do with with him, but yeah, aye. Um, yeah, no, I think that one that one will be happening. So good, good for him to get some experience at that level. I would be I, I think I St Mirren would be a good move for him because I think he will play. As I say, I Thompson probably be good to still have him in the dressing room and all that, but he does look as if he's maybe going to struggle a wee bit. Yeah, it's last season as well. Well, that's right. When St Mirren were struggling, when they didn't have Thompson in the team, I suppose there was always this kind of perception that once Thompson's back, everything would be be fine. And I guess when when someone's you know, when they're advancing, there's you know you, you, you really have dependency on a. Is Andy done a Houdini? Yeah, I thought you'd done done a me. Yeah, it's coming and going, isn't it? <laughs> Hello, are you there? Yeah, good old technicalities. Yep. Uh, Eyes back. <laughs> magic button, magic yeah, button. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Thompson's still got something to offer at that level, but you know, when someone's in the advancing years, it's probably not going to happen every single week. Maybe quite similar to Barry Robson at Aberdeen, for example. Yeah, mm. I think if he's still staying in the starting lineup, he definitely needs someone playing at least closer to him, whether it's another striker or whether it's the the three that are supposed to be supporting. Um, yes. There was no one really near him at all. No. Well, just quickly going through the, the rest of the, the championship, Queen of South have still got the 100% record thanks to a 2 win at Dumbarton. Uh, Falkirk obviously beat Livingston as part of the, the charity bet. It was 2-1 and uh, Ruth Rivers beat Alwa 3 now. Before we got to the Sunday's game, which was live on the telly because it was Rangers versus Hibs. And for what I've seen of these highlights, Hibs should have won. But they could have won. Definitely. I, I know, I, like, uh, certainly from my perspective, the disappointment was probably Liam Henderson had a, a glorious chance in the second half to make it 1 0. Uh, and then had another one when it was 1 0 to Rangers. Yeah. But uh, I, 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 I full credit to Rangers for their, uh, their, their cracking free kick at Didsco because that was a, an absolute belter for uh, Tavernier. Tavernier, that's it. Aye. 
from a debatable uh, free kick decision though. Uh, yeah, I, I, but, I did hit Dylan McGee's arm, but it looked like McGee was, it was hit towards him rather than him trying to play it with his arm, so it was a bit of a, yeah, bit of a harsh decision. But. It's a bit like when we spoke about was it last week, Lustig, when he's back to it. Oh yeah, a couple of weeks ago against Russell, yeah. Oh, a couple of weeks ago, aye. It's a bit like that, but this time it was given. But the great free kick, eh, can I take anything away from that? No. However, no, I have definitely, it wasn't just Henderson that had chances, no, Cummins had a couple of great chances to yeah. score. Uh, overall, I thought Hibbs played alright. It, was, it wasn't... It wasn't a 6-2 performance. No. Uh, but I think Hibbs midfield, though, with the more games they play together, I think they will certainly help. They've got like, a lot of talent in there, with Fivey, McGinn, <coughs> obviously Henderson, and then McGeeks obviously to come in as well, so they've got yeah. options in there, they've done it quite well, it's got Allen deal. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be a bit more balanced now, so I mean, they've kind of got rid of the one guy that was, was, was making things happen and brought in a few, so yeah, it might, it might actually help have longer term. Rangers, yeah. Sir. Sorry, they got off to a pretty slow start last season as well, um, and you know, I guess they, they ultimately... <laughs> <laughs> Rangers, so uh, I, I think with the way Rangers have started, then you'd have to fancy them to finish top. But yeah, early to be writing off Hibs anyway. I think Rangers are already looking what they might do with Hearts did last season. To be honest, they might just run away with that division. Which, uh, to be fair, it's probably what Rangers should have done last season, given the, the yes. budget they've got. But if, if anything, they seem to have they, they maybe spent less money now than they did last season, and yet. There looks to be a better balance to the team, and there's maybe a bit of better quality because they've got players in that are of a decent standard without being big names out of the Premiership that seem to drop down just for the money. There seems to be a bit more thinking behind what they've got in, in the squad now. So I don't even think it's just that. Um, I think it's even the players that were there last season that are still that have still stayed. Yeah, Kenny Miller's um, playing, playing a lot better than was last season. Nicky Law, by all accounts, I never really seen much Rangers last season apart from probably towards the end of the season, the playoff fixtures. But Nicky Law, by all accounts, from Rangers fans last year, they were saying, oh, not good enough, hiding games. But yesterday, certainly, he was always looking for the ball. It seemed to be kind of far more confident. Uh, Lee Wallace, I think, helped by having someone playing in front of him that actually wants to attack because it gives him space to kind of overlap. Um, he was probably actually one of Rangers' best attacking players yesterday, I think. Um, had a, a few chances at goal. He scored a few as well this season. Scored a couple. Uh, obviously, Tavera, that's he scored four and six yeah. for a fullback. That's, um, that's not bad for a defender. Yeah. But Rangers weren't as good as what I've heard people saying about them. Um, Hibs, I thought, more than held their own. And, yep, then was Rangers to their chance. Yeah. Well, one of the chances where that's Hibs didn't. Yep. Um, don't look at League One. Fourth for are currently top. Like so, three wins out of three. Four one Cuffness at uh, Stenish Muir at the weekend though. Uh, Peter Head a second though. Like so, I mean that's seven points out of nine they've got, including the three points that they, they took off the Fermlin. So it's uh, it's looking interesting that division at least. Certainly not they're on the way that the Fermlin were getting talked about the last couple of weeks with their four nil five or four was it four one five one six one seven one. Well, that was a run of the results until the, the cup game in midweek. So. Strumrada struggling a bit. Yeah, yeah, three points so far. Lost two one against Ayr on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously Kildare and Beethou get relegated last season. Yeah, they're just sitting on three points as well. There's quite a few in three points right enough because uh, Airdrie and Albion Overs on three as well. Breaking City are propping up the table on zero. 
Uh, and in League 2, it's uh, Elgin City drop points, unfortunately, like I said. So there's nobody with um, full 9 points out of 9 out there. There's actually 6 teams on 6 points. <laughs> Yep. So uh, if, if, league, if League 1's looking tight, the League 2's even more tighter than, than that. So. And then he's got Annan 4 and Clyde 3. Imagine being 8th place, 3 points off the top. <laughs> uh, I think before the season started, uh, Clyde were favourites. Yeah, I well, know. That's... Uh, what was it? 2-0 against Montrose at the weekend, they lost. And that was following up the 2-0 the, the defeat at home at Queen's Park as well. So. To be uh, fair, I don't think there's really that much in League 2. When you look at the teams, uh, you know, on any given day, anyone can beat anybody. That's very much a cliche. But with four games left last season, um, Elgin had the chance to finish anywhere between fourth and ninth. Um, so you know, that, at that business end of the season, that kind of shows you, you know, just how how tight it is. You know, and um, it tends to be pretty similar every season. So. Um, I, would, I wouldn't bet against it, you know, happening this time around. Albion Rovers won it, you know, pretty handsomely last season, and Elgin have got off to a great start this time around. But um, yeah, it's, it's a, a pretty, like pretty tight, competitive yeah. league. So that's us for the the weekend's action. Uh, we have obviously what we've mentioned the the, the Malmo Celtic game. Uh, coming up on Tuesday which we probably don't need to cover again but there's also domestic football as well because there's League Cup fixtures where everybody except the European representatives and Dundee United oddly uh, get to take part so there's the likes uh, Hearts visiting Forfa which uh, I believe Warry was absolutely delighted with in fact he did point out uh, that as we start of uh, Rob Douglas is playing for uh, Forfa and he's, uh, he's he made his debut in 1993, which is before some of the Hearts were born. <laughs> <laughs> when were you born, Andy? 92. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Just make me feel old. Does anyone fancy Berwick Rangers at a 21-2 at Kilmarnock? You know what? I'm almost tempted to stick a wee pound on it. <laughs> Just for a laugh. Because Kilmarnock are woeful. I don't think they're quite that woeful. No, exactly. I think that would just be a little bit too far. But oh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I tell you what's going to be a cracking game, though. Dunfermline and Dundee. Yeah, it could be decent. Because that's, I mean... Maybe like, Hamilton as well. Yeah, yeah I think there's, a, there's an interesting game there as well. Um, Partick yeah, Thistle Falkirk's going to win a pick for me. Because Partick Thistle are a kind of lower Premiership team at home to... Falkirk are one of the better championship teams. I don't think there's going to be too much difference between those two. No, that that's one that you you probably look at and think, yeah, that could maybe go extra time. Yeah. Um, Dunfermline, Dundee as well. I mean, I guess Dundee probably have the, the scope to, you know, rotate their squad a wee bit, and that's maybe something they'll do. Um, you know, Dunfermline with the home <laughs> advantage there could quite easily, you know, give them a, a right good go. Um. I'm I'm off to Ross County against Ayr tomorrow, so um Ayr are usually a cup team. Yeah, yeah. I do expect Ross County to, to triumph, but um yeah, I mean once again I I, I think Jim McIntyre will take the, the chance to you know, to shuffle it a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Not not dramatically, but um yeah, I mean Ayr Ayr have certainly you know I was speaking to Ian McCall earlier on today and he was he was saying that you know, he could really, kind of, in many ways, do without this game. Uh, obviously, Ayr have got pretty lofty ambitions in League One this season, 
Um, they've got a big game at home to Forfar on Saturday, and uh, their squad's a wee bit stretched just now. Obviously, they, they brought in the lads. Is it Jordan Preston from Blackburn Rovers on on loan? Um, right, your knowledge is probably better than mine at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you say you say obviously as if we are going to know. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, he's, he's obviously still looking to, to add players to his squad, but. You know, with a with a part time squad, you know the prospect of a a trip up to Dingwall in midweek, a bit of a bit of a nuisance for them. I tell you, what, I want to look out for East Fife Mullable, just because yeah, Mullable's, Mullable's cup ties are usually entertaining. <laughs> to say the least, because Mullable have a habit of getting beat. I'm sure Greg will back us up on that one. Uh, the, 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 the most of the games are Tuesday night. There's a couple on Wednesday, which is uh, Airdrie versus Rangers. And Hibs versus Stranraer. I think I think yeah. when, when I, the draw was first made, Airdrie versus Rangers, I was calling the Newco Derby <laughs> <laughs> because it's not it's not the same Airdrie Onions that used to play in the the, the sort of eighties nineties that I remember. <clears throat> and obviously, there's been issues with Rangers in the last years. It's <laughs> probably right, glossed over that one. <laughs> the Airdrie did manage to reclaim their name. They were Airdrie United for for a while. Yeah, I wonder what happened there. Um, I think it was just. For tradition's sake, really, because um, I, I, I suppose the, the supporters still identify with them in the same way. Yeah. It's the same kit, and it's the same. Well, it's not the same ground as you know the original Broomfield, but it was the same ground they were playing in when they did hit the hit the wall. So yeah. So um, did, did they claim they're the same team now? I don't know. I don't actually know how that works. They've claimed the same name. Don't know a great deal about it, but I'd imagine. They would still claim it's the same team. See, this is when it gets all confusing, doesn't it? Aye. Oh, I'm not even going to try and clarify that. It could be Clyde Bank for all I care. <laughs> I'm sure the, I, I'm, I'm sure, I know, I'm sure the Bankies fans would object to that. They, they took Clyde Bank's place in the league. It yeah. wasn't actually the, the original Airdrie's. That was, that was Gretna that took them. So. It's just yeah, so happened yeah. that two clubs went Pete Tong that summer. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's, uh, that's the League Cup. Aye, we'll move on to the predictions. Look at the marks not at the time. Why uh, don't we imagine the Scotland squad? No, we'll, we'll, the Scotland squad was revealed today, but there's probably more time to talk about it next weekend when uh, we'll, we'll be previewing the, the, the big games against Georgia away and Germany at home. So, so yeah, we'll move on to the, the upcoming Premiership fixtures. And uh, we're on three o'clock cards again. The whole shebang. So uh, we will start off with the first one alphabetically, which is Celtic versus St. Johnson. And I'm going to just put one and go 2 0 Celtic. <laughs> That's your standard score. It's not far off. I mean, we've won kind of like 2 0 and 2 0, and then the weekend there, even it was 3 1, it was two goals in it. So. Yeah, as Celtic showed against Inverness, you know, they, you know, they can leak goals as well. So, um, maybe say. 3-1. I would imagine they'll be <coughs> able to change things up again from from the, the Malmo game. Yeah, um, I think the Malmo game's going to play so, an, a part of it. I mean, I don't really see the Malmo game going to extra time because it would require a 3-2 Malmo. But uh, yeah, there's always that slight possibility. Yeah. I think there's going, to, there's going to be a big effort required in, in Sweden. So The good thing is it's Tuesday night, so they get the, the extra day. It's not Wednesday yes. night. So, so the Saturday kick-off should be fine. I'm going to be bold and go for a one-all draw. I want to try and be positive that Celtic will drop more see, points. 
Is it what you want or is it what you think is going to happen? Oh, St. Johnson, honestly, it can. They, they do alright against Celtic sometimes. So, aye, why not after a European fixture? If Kilmarnock can get a draw against Celtic, then aye. anybody can. I still, I still don't understand that one. Kilmarnock are winning. But the odds for the fixture, Celtic are 2 to 11, so the bookies disagree with me, obviously. Uh, as most people will. The draw is 6 to 1, and St. Johnson are 17 to 1. Oh, that's ridiculous. For a team that won itself to the last time we played, come on. Uh, like, that might be worth a cheeky pound. Mm-hmm. Or two. Especially after the European game. Madness. 17 to 1 team is massive. That's, I don't know if I knew if that was like a championship team, but not a team that's in the no, same place. I, I know St. Johnson just got their first win of the season there, but <laughs> still. Well, like I said, they did win at Celtic Park the last time they played there. It's after a European game for Celtic, so uh, they'll be exhausted after that, no doubt. And it's, uh, 17 to 1 is a ridiculous odds for that. Anyway, I really shouldn't be swagging with Wookiee too much because they're, they're pretty generous for the charity bit. So we'll move on swiftly and we'll say Dundee versus Inverness is the next game. And I can't really see Pastor Dundee winning this one, to be honest. I would say probably. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 again. 2-0 Dundee. Yeah, I couldn't really dispute that, to be honest. I think Dundee will do very well this season. Um, I'll say 2-1 Dundee on this occasion. I was thinking the same there, Andy. Dundee, 11-10. The draw's 5-2, and the away is 5-3. I'm going 2-1 as well. I like it it was Dundee, 11-10. That's not bad. It's pretty good. Though if it is, they do struggle a bit more at home than they do away. (laughs) You say that that just a bit every week. (laughs) That's true, though. <laughs> uh, it's the end of the season to call that. Like. Um, okay, next game is Hamilton versus Hearts. I think this is where Hearts 100% the record ends. I am going to say one apiece. Yeah, I had a, a feeling similar leanings as well, actually. Um, really impressed with Hamilton the last couple of games, and they couldn't be going into this game any more confident well of course it depends on what happens tomorrow night at, uh, at Kirkcaldy right enough but um, they've had a, a brilliant kind of sequence of, of form recently so yeah I'll, I'm, I'm going to say 2-2 as well I'm going to go for a, for a draw as, as well yeah, I'm going to disagree here I think that parts will win I think it'll be 2-1 to the hearts uh, Hamilton are two to one. The draws five to two, and Hearts are thirteen to ten. It's decent odds for Hearts for a team that's one hundred percent record. Not going for myself right enough. Um, all right, next game is Motherwell versus Kilmarnock. Good grief! <laughs> surely, no, no. Mar- surely Motherwell's going to win this. I'm going one 0 Motherwell. Now I might just back a, a wee score draw here. Um, yeah, one 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 I think. Um surely it can't be I mean can't get that much worse for, for Kilmarnock. I I don't see a great deal between these two teams really. See I I reckon Motherwell are quite capable of scoring, but they also shoot themselves in the foot, whereas Kilmarnock are just poor at the back and tired. There is a both so. they're both very uh, capable of conceding as yeah. well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost inclined to change it so I can make it 2-1 Motherwell to be honest instead of 1-0 I, I'm going to go f- 
Sorry. I still write World War One. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to change that and say two one. I don't usually, but I'll go two. I'm going to go for a, a, th- a third two all draw for Kilmarnock in the league this season. Uh, the odds for this match are Mother are four to five. They're just fourteen to five, and Kilmarnock are ten to three. Alright, the penultimate game is Partick Thistle versus Aberdeen. Away win. <laughs> Pro- probably 2 0. <laughs> up the stakes and go 3 0 to the Dons. Uh, I'm going for 2 0 to Aberdeen. Uh, odds in that fixture are Partick Thistle are 17 to 5, draws 13 to 5, and Aberdeen are a very nice 5 to 6. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I'm putting on D-doubles quite nice about them. Alright, final game of the weekend in the Premiership is Ross County versus Dundee United. And I can't see past the Ross County winning this one. I am going to say 3-1 Ross County. 3-1. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Ross County. Just a narrowly edge this one. Um uh, Fancy them to to come out on top though. That's for that's for sure. Uh, I'm going to go for two one to Ross County, and if we're looking at Ross County, they could be a nice bet thirteen to ten. Jaws five to two, and Dundee United are two to one. So the best odds ever Ross County then Dundee then Aberdeen. Now, but we see what else there's maybe in the the lower leagues. Or do we just, or you think we just stick with it? Well, see, now I'm wondering what I kind of could go a double with Ross County and Dundee, or we could make it a treble and throw in Aberdeen as well. But what I don't know is how risky that is and compared to how much you're going to get back. So, if it's Ross County and Dundee double, a £10 bet on that returns £48.30. See, so just to throw on our team in the mitts, Falkirk are four to five in the championship at home to Dumbarton. Ooh, see, Dumbarton might want to be trying to bounce back after the defeat to Queen of the South at the weekend. Though. Yeah, because they they got off to a brilliant start before that. Yeah, um, the Ross County Dundee Aberdeen treble ten pound and that returns eighty eight pounds fifty five. Oofed. I could go for that. I suppose all three of us have predicted the wall. Yeah, it's a nice treble. Win. Pretty unanimous then. Yeah, all right. Ross County, Dundee, Aberdeen, treble, £10 on that, £88.55 return. And our first goal scorer, are we just going with Rory McAllister or are we going to go with the other option? Which I, I think we go with Craig Gunn so we can just have a podcast a... title. <coughs> <laughs> Shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, he's scored six and six so far this season, so hopefully... We're, right. we're not disappointed. Need to be the first though, that's the important thing. Aye. <laughs> so that's Craig Gunn of Elgin City at home is still on Albion. We won't have odds yet for that. No, they don't. So the odds will go up on Twitter at SFF Podcast later the week, probably about Friday or Saturday, depending on how busy I am at the weekend. <laughs> And that's us for another podcast. Unless you've got anything else. No, I think that's that covers things pretty pretty nicely. Alright. Well, all that's left is for the saying is good luck to Celtic tomorrow night. Because if they win, everybody gets an HV windfall. 
Aye, but Celtic got a far bigger windfall. So Celtic got a far bigger windfall, and I get to see big games. Yeah, so I would say that. But I think I think everybody benefits from it. That kind of be bad. Um, other than that, thanks for listening, and um, we'll talk to you all again next week. Cheers, see you later. Cheers, guys. All the best. <laughs>